We're here with another episode of Conversations and Connections, the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And with me today, uh, she I've been on the podcast once before, uh, probably a couple of years ago, Kelly Carver. Uh, Kelly, thank you for agreeing to come on. We've been kind of talking about this for a while to do something like this, and uh, now it's happening. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to be... <laughs> I'm going to be, be a little embarrassed to ask you this. Uh, Kelly, what is your exact title here at the agency? Um, so my title <laughs> is um, I'm the operations director. So um, I do HR and I um, deal with the facilities in okay. everything. All right. Well, and, and one of the reasons why, Kelly, I wanted to have you on since you are in this HR realm now is to kind of talk about, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, the topic of sexual harassment in the workplace uh, and, and things along those lines. Because I will get to this here in a minute, uh, but you've, because uh, when we start to wrap things up, I kind of want to talk about how you got to where you are mm-hmm. now, because I think it's kind of a unique, uh, a unique route. But, you know, you do have the unique opportunity to talk about this. You've, uh, you've been a legal advocate uh, here at the agency. Now you shifted into the HR role. Um, why did you seek this change in roles? Cause you know, whenever I first came here and I guess we're going to talk about it now instead of the end okay. of the show, uh, when I first came here, uh, you were a legal advocate, I believe, and you had did direct client services. You worked with the clients and now you're in this role as operations director. Uh, how did that come about and why did you decide to switch gears a little bit? So um, a little backstory is when I first uh, got with the agency, I was a social work intern. Um, And so social workers tend to um, want to make changes and help out um, individuals, communities, things like that. So when I was offered the role of legal advocate, um, that was kind of right up my alleyway. I wanted to um, help those individuals and things like that. And I seen the need there. Um, but now, um, when the HR role kind of came up, um, I seen it one as a challenge, um, because it's different than working with client services. Um, but similar, similar in ways that you are actually working with, um, still individuals. Sure. Um, you're just working with them in different ways. So, um, I'm still helping out those individuals, um, not so much as a legal advocate, but, uh, you know, hiring people who can be in that role and mm-hmm. can take on that role and helping those people kind of shift into their, their, um, job, you know, making, yeah. helping them, training them. So you're still working things. with people. You're still helping them with issues and, and things like that. Just mm-hmm. in a, kind of maybe a slightly different capacity, I yes. guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to talk about, and, and this maybe I don't know how if this may be too broad of a of a of a, a question at first, but you know, what are some of the things employees need to be mindful for in the workplace when it comes to this topic we're going to address? So, when um, I, you know, just thinking about this question, um, I got some some topics and ideas together. I really wanted to talk about some things that staff could be more mindful of. Um, 
So um, one of the, you know, I'm going to go down kind of a list of things. So professionalism, we always need to mi be mindful of that because professionalism can be, um, you know, we have different people who have different roles. So you just always want to maintain the highest level of pro professionalism in any kind of interaction. I mean, we have people from advocates to maintenance um, and every one of them can have that level of professionalism with whenever mm -hmm. they're dealing with individuals. We always also, I mean, and, and these are also some of within our policies and procedures, respecting our colleagues and um, our superiors and other staff members, just respecting their rights and views and things like that and just being professional about that. We always want staff to kind of think about um, communicating effectively. I know that's kind of hard, but even in social work, we do talk about communicating effectively mm -hmm. and um, communicating um, certain words that would elicit that um, and bringing back. So we always want to practice clear and effective communication, but we also want to listen actively so that we can understand what others are actually trying to tell us and things like that. Um, I think about teamwork as well. You always want to collaborate with your colleagues so you contribute, you can contribute to that positive team culture. That's something that's really shifting in HR these days. Um, that's a lot of things that I see online. Um, um, people actively wanting that positive team culture where, um, and part of that is just about those first two things that, uh, communication and professionalism, um, and giving that open feedback to one another, you know, and not, and that constructive criticism. So, um, as long as it's constructive, it's good. You know, whenever you're mm -hmm. kind of moving into all those other things, it might not be as good. Um, staff always need to be aware of like time management, prioritizing their tasks and managing their time effectively. Um, that's a big one, uh, because sometimes we can go down a rabbit hole and then we're off on some kind of tangent or something mm -hmm. like that. So, um, just kind of prioritizing what you're doing so you can meet those deadlines. A big one in this, in nonprofits is adaptability. Um, always be willing to kind of change and things like that. So um, if something comes up, which in nonprofits it always does. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Of course. Um, you've got to be able to adapt at that time and figure out what you're going to be able to do to meet mm -hmm. that, that need. Um, ethics. As a social worker, we have a list of ethics that we have to go through, but also just as far as being HR and in the workplace, we always want to make sure that we are upholding ethical standards in all aspects of work, you know, and avoiding those conflicts. Um, another thing that um, uh, staff and employees can be mindful of is just conflict resolution. I recently attended a meeting um, and it did talk about conflict resolution and uh, being able to effectively communicate. And it was very interesting to me because, um, I thought I was probably an effective communicator and it really kind of opened my eyes that when something presents it as a problem, it's okay to talk to somebody about that. Like for instance, if you and I, Stuart, are having some kind of problem, it's okay for us to sit down and communicate about that and, and to talk about that and to see eye to eye. And right. sometimes we don't always, I don't think people actually mm -hmm. communicate that effectively. So working on that conflict resolution and actually sitting there and talking with somebody. So um, <clears throat> workplace safety. I hear a lot about this. This is something that is 
you know, as the facilities um, and HR person, I mean, we've got to be safe when we're doing things. So just kind of making sure everything's on the, you know, um, we try to make sure all like our vehicles, we have vehicles here that they're on the up and up, but also our staff needs to make sure that they're being safe at all times. So we do routine trainings mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, just, uh, embracing the work-life balance that can be difficult as you, as you probably know, um, just always taking that time out. I, um, I have something on my desktop that you just seen, and it was like taking the first, maybe just doing the first 10 minutes of every hour where you just sit and kind of reflect and kind of makes yourself, you mm-hmm. know, put yourself at a, in a different perspective. Sure. So that's, those are just some things that um, I think staff and employees should be really mindful whenever they're right. in the workplace. What about as far as the topic of like, um, which I was really kind of wanting to really get your thoughts on is sexual harassment. I know in this day and age, I, you know, I think it's probably more, uh, more in the spotlight, probably in the workplace than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, and, and as far as like employees being mindful of their actions, what they say, Things like that, because a lot of times you can get very comfortable with your work uh, friends Mm -hmm. and you may kind of let your guard down and maybe say something that somebody may not be appreciative of. I'm not saying direct flirting or anything like that, but just something that. Maybe you shouldn't have said, <laughs> you know what? I think it's always going back to, um, you just really have to be mindful about what, what you are, you're communicating with your fellow coworkers. Um, because yes, you may, you, you two may be having some banter and whatnot, but you, you just got to remember that you are working with another individual and you have no idea how they might perceive what you're talking about. And so you just, that level of ethics, professionalism, things Mm -hmm. like that, you just really need to be kind of mindful of that. Um, You know, as the FCC or the Family Crisis Center, we do have a policy about harassment, um, sexual and physical and verbal harassment. And it is a, it is a big policy and it's one that we take very seriously. And, um, you know, when that does come up in the workplace, you have to take any kind of any kind of um, harassment seriously. You have to, and then you have to do that investigation, that due diligence to make sure, sure. that it doesn't occur again. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, so, are there any issues um, that are unique, maybe into the? the workplace or the work environment as opposed to other places as far as like your behavior, ethics, um, your actions and things like that. So um, some unique issues, of course, um, that you would find versus nonprofit. So whenever I thought about this, I thought about nonprofit versus for-profit that you can find um, some workplace um, different issues so nonprofits are typically driven by a mission to serve a specific cause in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, as ours is, we are um, we serve victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. So um, that is our mission. We are mission focused. We're driven, um, and it influences our organizational culture. Um, we, you know, and our culture is to 
make sure that our clients get the best professional services. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Um, another good thing is the, you know, like, um, maybe, uh, for profits, they're primarily focused on generating profit for shareholders and owners. And, um, so we have to get those fundings instead of from the profit from maybe somebody going into a store or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, we have to get those from grants, donation and fundraising. So that's always important. Um, when we're talking about nonprofit right. work. And I kind of mentioned this a while ago whenever I was kind of setting up this last question, but uh, how have things changed in recent years? Uh, are employers, you think, more mindful of sexual harassment, inappropriate behaviors, things like that as, than, let's say, they were a generation ago or something like that? I really think so. Things are changing in workplaces. Um, a lot of the things I... Um, I'm a member of SHRM, so that's the Society of Human Resource Management. And a lot of things that I am seeing is that there is a big shift um, in um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, with that, can, can come up with sexual harassment and other issues. Um, and you're seeing a lot more... Um, you're seeing a lot more of that being generated within the HR um culture and seeing that people are still dealing with it it's still in the forefront of their minds and um we're just trying to work on it one day at a time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just kind of think sometimes i think about some of the tv shows you watch that take place like in the 60s and the 70s yeah. and how women were uh treated as opposed to now you know it's just uh yeah almost a little dare I say comical but the topic getting comical and by all means the harassment isn't but just like do people really behave that way in the workplace um back in the day <laughs> man I have not seen it now but I can I can believe it um we, uh, I just attended an, an event, a school event actually, and the kids were singing Baby It's Cold Outside. And as you know, that is a controversial Christmas song. Yeah. And it just, I think mindsets were completely different 20 or 30 sure. years ago. And yeah. they weren't, maybe they weren't thinking about that, but it's, it's very important that they do think about that mm -hmm. because again, we are, we're an agency who works with domestic violence and sexual assault. I mean, we have to think about that. Yeah. And other workplaces have to think about that. It's very important. Um, and, of course, you know, I know you, Stuart, talk about gender roles and things like that. So we just got to be really mindful of it yeah. and treat people the way we want to be treated. Right. I mean, it just I feel like it just comes back to that. Sure. Like, if I don't want to be sexually harassed, I don't think you want to be sexually right. harassed. Am I right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Want to talk about this um, workplace romances? Um, you know, for for some people, the workplace is maybe one of, if not the only place where they have any social interaction with other people. Yep. You know, if you go to work, come home, go to work, come home, and and whatever. But what are the risks of getting involved uh, romantically with a coworker? I, 
This is such a hard question because I would just not encourage it. I know what you're saying because basically your work is like your home because you're literally there almost more than you and are. And I'm not defending that. I'm yes. just saying for some people, that's probably their own, the only social pool that they have yes. is the people that they work with. I There's just so many things that I think that could go wrong with it. There might be so many things that could go right with it, but there are so many things that could go wrong with it. Say you get in a workplace romance and six months down the road, you break up. Yeah. And then that's the first thing I think of is, is something like that. The awkwardness, Mm -hmm. the, the, um, maybe you had a bad breakup and then it, it, turns into something like, Oh, well now it's sexual harassment or now, um, you know, or maybe there's some kind of stalking involved. So many things come to my brain right. that could, you know, go wrong. The with HR work. alarms are just going off yes. in your head. Right? Yes, <laughs> uh, that could go wrong with it. It could go right. You could meet your your best friend, your your uh, marriage partner, um, and everything could be great. But there's just there's just yeah, so many things sure. that. Well, let me ask you this then, and I don't really know the legalities of everything, but can an employer make workplace romances against policy? Can a, an employer put in their policy, you cannot be romantically involved with a coworker? I've done some, I've done some research, and so far, I do not think that they could do a workplace policy for that. They could just highly discourage. Just discourage it, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Kelly, I I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you think is really important that we need to talk about before we wrap things up? Um, no, I mean, I think we could have a whole nother, um, uh, podcast even. Um, I researched some things, um, some things that have changed even since 2020 and, um, just, I think we could have a whole nother segment about different HR things. Cause okay, there, well. I mean, sexual harassment is just the tip of the sure. HR oh, uh, oh, world. Yeah. Right. So, of course. um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be great to come back and oh. talk about some different issues. All right. Thanks a lot. Kelly Carver, she's our operations director here at the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. And if you feel like you need our services for anything, always remember we do have that toll-free 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That's 1-800-828-7233. Be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, or the podcast service of your choice. As always, be that voice, not for you, but for someone else.